0: Welcome to the ICU podcast. I'm your host, Callie, a registered dietitian living with interstitial cystitis. Each week, I'll be diving into hot topics in the IC world, giving others a platform to share their story, and I may even reveal some of my favorite nutrition tips. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, we are back, season two. I'm so excited. Like I had to take a couple months off from from the podcast to, you know, just enjoy summer and just relax and enjoy some time to myself. But I'm I'm really excited to get back into it. And I'm really excited to introduce you guys to my guest today. This is Beverly Levesque. She is a registered dietitian and she has been working on the Cali K nutrition team. For the past like six months, Beverly, is that right? Um, I started with you in April. So April, like May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Oh my gosh, that's eight. <laughs> that is crazy. And it's it's amazing to me how far you've come because and I'll let you introduce yourself first and then I'll explain a little bit more about you. Why don't we do that? Sure.
1: Sure. I know I've learned so much from you, Kelly. So, um, yep, I'm Beverly and I've been a dietitian for, I don't know, it feels like half my life already, (laughs) about 25 years longer than that. And I started out in nutrition, working with kids and families and working school districts. And I got a master's in wellness and health promotion and from there, I, I kind of went a different track. I liked it to the highest level I could in my career and got burnt out. And so I, I started my own business for a while, selling women's fashions. It was really fun, um, but I always miss nutrition. So I was writing blogs. I created my own YouTube fitness channel, um, particularly interested in women's health and bladder health after having my two children and realizing that I was having incontinence here and there. And so um, all of that sort of led to meeting Callie and learning a ton about IC. IC was something I knew about sort of in the background because my mother had flirted around with um, incontinence and was it something else? Uh, anyway, here I am. I here you are. So much.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I was gonna say before I let you introduce yourself. It was like you're someone coming into the interstitial cystitis community, really not knowing anything about it, right? Had you exactly. heard about it before we met each
1: other? Uh, briefly, briefly. And it was in my research
0: with overactive
1: bladder and incontinence that I came across it. But I did not have a lot of information. You know, I knew it was similar in some ways with overactive bladder, that triggers, caffeine triggers, citrus, tomato triggers, but um, I didn't even realize, you know, the depth of the elimination diet, all the supplements and vitamins, there's, there's just so much. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, I was lucky to have found you because there, I'm, I'm sure anyone who's been following me on social media knows that I'm one of two dietitians who specialize only in IC in, in the world, essentially. I mean, there's There's a few here and there that like work with people with IC, but they have other specialties as well. And so when I realized my business was growing, the road to remission program was, was getting more members each month and it wasn't something that I could handle myself. I knew I needed help and I knew I wanted it to be somebody with that nutrition background. So I actually ended up posting, what was it on Upwork? It wasn't up oh, work.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I was, I was on there looking for, um, you know, I had written my own blog for years and i love blog writing. So I was looking for some freelance work. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and it just, I saw your ad and
1: I'm like, I could do this. Yeah. this sounds.
0: And I almost really didn't fun. post an ad on there. I was like, there's no way I'm going to find a dietitian on here. <laughs> That's crazy. So I, I truly believe that it was all meant to be, we were meant to cross paths. And, you know, I think you've come such a far way in the past eight months of going from like zero IC knowledge to like, you you are very much on the path to also becoming an expert in this. So what has that process been like for you?
1: Well, I learned so much from your educational modules. I remember when I first started, you had me um, take the work just like everyone else does. And it was amazing, right? Like oxalates and histamines. I had never even, those hadn't even crossed my path before. Oh,
0: tissue. me neither.
1: Yeah. Um, and so that was fascinating. Um, just learning about the nervous system and its role. And I learned more every single day as I read research and different articles, um, it's amazing how many different factors come to play
0: with
1: mm-hmm. uh, helping people yeah. figure out their
0: puzzle. Absolutely. And I think it's important to talk about the fact that we're not taught about conditions like interstitial cystitis in school. I mean, I, I know there's some programs that will mention it, but mine, I went to a school outside of Philly and they never talked about it. Like I had never heard the term until one day I was randomly Googling my symptoms. And so I think, I, I don't know how we can bridge the gap in, in registered dietitians. I mean, we're trained to know things like diabetes, heart disease, obesity, kidney disease. We're trained to help people with those conditions. And we go through this year long internship. That's, you know, you work in a hospital, you work in food service. They cover all of the major bases of like what you can do as a dietitian. But when it comes to women's health, I feel like that got completely skipped over. How do you feel that? Like, do you agree with that?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I went to school back in the 90s, and I went to University of Illinois, which at the time was like the top nutrition program. And I was really shocked because I grew up in a household where both my parents had an autoimmune disease. They were on various elimination diets. And I thought that's what nutrition was about. And when I got to college, it was really nothing about people with autoimmune diseases. And so I feel thankful for having that background growing up, but I had to do all my own research to figure out how to, you know, help people with allergies or help people do these sort of phase out elimination diets, not part of the program. And there's no, there's even no like continuing education about it.
0: Right. Search for our continuing
1: education credits. lot of them are sponsored by big companies and big companies aren't really interested
0: yeah and I think that's where in the next like year you and I could probably collaborate on something like that to help educate dietitians I just got an email this morning about or not an email it was a TikTok that I saw it's a GI dietitian who is doing a um like a a masterclass type of thing for like bloating for dietitians. And I thought, okay, that's perfect. You can get continuing education credits. She gets paid. Like it, it, it works out for everyone. And I think that's something that we can look into and even going as far as educating physicians or pelvic floor physical therapists about diet for IC, I think could be really powerful and helpful for the IC community. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people in the IC community who are struggling with the diet piece, you know, they want to go through if, if they want to see a dietitian, they obviously want to try to see one that is in, um, network with their insurance. But the issue with that is like we said before, not a lot of dietitians know about IC or know what to do with a patient that has IC. They don't understand what the, what you're supposed to do in terms of like doing an elimination diet. And you know, so many people have never even heard of the IC diet and that can be really frustrating for The patient because they end up going to this person you know really hopeful that they can help them but then maybe the dietitian doesn't know about ic or they don't know what to do with the ic diet and the patient ends up educating the practitioner about the ic diet and it's just like this is so backwards
1: definitely
0: and i see i see (laughs) i see as well with
1: myself that I would, I would take the person, okay, well, bring me your diet and I'll help you. But there are so many nuances that I would miss as a, as just a regular practicing dietitian that had no background in IC. I would miss all the supplements that could help. I would miss the nervous system components. I would, I would miss so much in mm-hmm. that. And it would be a
0: disservice to the client. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I completely agree. So, I mean, I think over the past eight months, you have learned, you know, you said by the education modules that we have, but also doing one of our weekly group calls. And I think learning from the Road to Remission community and and just observing what they go through, right?
1: Oh my gosh, I've learned so much from the people in the Especially, you know, you have this diet plan that works for most people, but everyone's got something different. You know, this person finds they can't tolerate blueberries or this person finds they can't tolerate uh, a lot of fruit sugar. Um, There's just so many different nuances and to be able to navigate that on your own would be next to impossible. Yeah. And so it's really helpful to have that group and have a dietitian there helping you sort of not go down the Google rabbit hole of research on your own.
0: Yeah, I remember back when I was a freshman in college trying to do my own elimination diet. I wasn't, or I I had just switched my major to nutrition and I absolutely botched the elimination diet. It was a disaster it took like four times the amount of time it should have taken me. Like it was so difficult. And so I completely agree with you. Like I had some background knowledge on nutrition, but it it just was so incredibly difficult. And, you know, anyone who's able to do that on their own without a nutrition or, or any sort of background with that, like I give them major props for pulling it off because it's just very complex. And like you said, everyone has their own unique triggers. And that's something that I feel like a broken record saying, I'm always saying it on all my social media accounts. It's the diet for IC is not a one size fits all solution. That's why in Road to Remission, we talk to the each person And go through their past medical history, you know, if someone has a history of like kidney stones or vulvodynia, we might look at doing a low oxalate diet, or if they have environmental allergies or issues with hormones, maybe low histamine would be the way to go, but it's just so individualized and Then you also throw in people who have a history of an eating disorder and that just complicates things. And you need to be very careful because if you don't do the elimination diet correctly, you can risk losing weight. You can risk developing nutrient deficiencies. You can risk developing a a very unhealthy relationship with food. So getting a lot of that food fear. I mean, we see that in our clients, a, a pretty good amount. Would you agree? I agree. Definitely. And you need the support. Like the elimination diet's hard.
1: You're working hard. I mean, it's, it's stressful. And so just having someone reaching out to you, like how are things going, having that group morale to say, "You do it. um, People cheering you on every week. Like I made it through all three weeks of the elimination diet and just they they've been through it and they they know how hard it is. Right. And so that that part's vital as well.
0: Yeah. I love Wednesdays because we do weekly or we do Wednesday wins and everyone's wins are so amazing. It's like I drank a glass of wine last night or you know one of our clients was just saying at our call last night um i i just ate a piece of pizza last week and nothing happened and it's just like so amazing to see these these little wins or even non food wins like being able to go maybe on a date and not have to pee the whole time or not stressing out about you know going out to eat it's it's really cool to see and it's it's so interesting because there will be people who don't want to share their wins because we've been suffering for so long and then if you have a good stretch of days where you're not having symptoms or everything's minimized you're like this is weird it's this like when is this gonna end you're in that weird space um and you don't want to like verbalize it because you're afraid to jinx it it's i think that's something. (laughs) exactly It's a very interesting phenomenon but I think everyone listening who has IC can totally relate to this like having good moments but not wanting them to end or maybe you go into remission and you're you're just like waiting for it to creep back up on you. So I think that's a really um a really niche thing that happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But positive builds positive. It really does, you know that that law of attracting what you want. And as you can focus on the positive more, mm-hmm. you'll you'll realize it more. You'll look for it more. And you'll be like, oh, wait, that was really positive. Oh, wait, I went, um, I know one of your clients on Tuesday's call was talking about, she didn't even realize it, but she went like until lunchtime without having to get up to go to the bathroom at work. She's like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like I usually have to get up three times and today Mm -hmm. I didn't get up at all, you know, like just being able to notice those, those really positive things.
0: And I think sometimes when you're in it, like you're really in the thick of it, like it's hard to see progress. And I always like to remind people, you know, if you're doing well and you have a flare, it's like, okay, we need to be grateful to your body for giving you feedback and and reflect on what caused that and use that information to avoid a flare in the future. And just be grateful for the time that you did have relief, or you were able to do the things that you wanted to do. Because I see is a chronic illness, we don't have a cure right now. But that doesn't mean that you can't, minimize your symptoms or have days or weeks or months at a time where you don't have symptoms or you have minimal symptoms and you feel managed, you feel they are managed. And I think that that builds a lot of confidence in some people. And I think that goes a long way mentally, just being in a, a good, healthy mental space, I think can really help, you know, emotionally and physically.
1: No, but that's what I see and love the most about the group calls is people become so empowered and then they're not afraid of the flare. They're like, okay, it's here. I know what to do. I know how to treat it. I know it's going to go away in a few days and I know what caused it. And I see that. I see that growth. I see the people start the program where they're so afraid And they don't know when they're gonna get out of their flare. They don't know what is causing them. And within six weeks, usually by the halfway point, they're so confident and they're so empowered. And they're like, oh, I know, you know, it's this week of my cycle, or it's these foods I'm eating, or it's this supplement I'm taking. And they're so empowered. And they're so just happy and confident. and It's amazing transformation.
0: Yeah. When you start paying attention to your body, it's, it's a really cool thing. I mean, just learning and being able to identify patterns, like you said, with the, the menstrual cycle, or maybe with allergy season, or if you're at a stressful point in your life, I mean, it's identifying those things and not just like blindly going through life. Like we need to kind of focus on ourselves and, and become what, what am I trying to say here? Like be more intuitive. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but I definitely notice people gaining confidence as they go. And I also notice that when they start the program, you know, it is a really nerve wracking thing, just jumping into a a three month long Process like the elimination diet and joining this big community of people. But I noticed that in week one, maybe week two, people's symptoms already start improving. And it's not because of the diet changes, it's because of the mental side of things. It's knowing you have support, it's knowing you have people who you can talk to twice a week that understand exactly what you're going through. We all have people in our lives who love us and care about us and want to understand what we go through. But if they don't have IC, they will never understand completely what we go through. So I think that's something to realize is having at least one person in your life that has IC that you can talk to on a weekly basis and and just vent or talk about whatever, just validate what you're feeling.
1: Definitely. Definitely, it's like a big weight taken off people's shoulders when they can just share their story and have other people shaking their heads, like nodding. That oh my god, I've I've been there. I've I've dealt with that exact thing.
0: I know it's yeah. it's really cool when we're on a Zoom call and there's like I don't know eight ish people there and someone's saying like an experience that they've been going through and you see like seven other heads just nodding up and down. Right. (laughs) Everybody understands. It is a really cool thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into the topic of the holidays. I think this is something people are really interested in. I know that when the holidays come around, We want to enjoy it as best we can. We want to make memories with our families and eat yummy food and, you know, do all the things. But when you're living with a chronic illness, like I see, it can be difficult and it can be stressful. Um, There could be, you know, the, the diet restrictions come into play. The peer pressure with alcohol comes into play. Nosy and judgy family members I think we all have one in every family. There's always (laughs) one Karen in the family that just kind of asks one too many questions. So I think we can have a really awesome conversation about how to navigate the holidays um, or at least provide the listeners with some tips for uh, dealing with people who are asking you questions about your condition or why you're not eating something or why you're not doing something. So let's start with how to navigate eating at someone else's house. Let's say Thanksgiving dinner is going to be at your aunt's house. Okay. How do we prepare for that? We can talk to whoever's preparing the meal ahead of time, you know, If you're someone who wants to just avoid all everything makes you nervous, you you just want to eat at home. You could eat at home and then come and just be with everyone, although that can raise some questions. You can pack your own meal and bring that along, but same thing, that can get um, a little bit dicey. You could talk to the host ahead of time to see what they're preparing, see what ingredients they're using. And, and you can phrase this in a way that is focused. Like you're prioritizing your health. You don't want to be in pain or have a flare So You could be like, at least like a week or so ahead of time, be like, Hey, um, grandma, I am so excited to see you. I'm really grateful that you are cooking this awesome meal I am going through some health stuff right now and I have some diet restrictions. So I was just wondering, what, what do you plan on making? Um, Is there something that I can bring for everyone that is, you know, safe for me, but everyone else can enjoy, like, can we talk about that? And I think approaching it in a way of gratitude and complimenting and talking about your excitement is a really great way to start that conversation off. What do you think?
1: I like that idea. I think as a parent, I'm looking forward to, you know, when my kids come back and have holiday celebrations with me and I would love for them to like come help me cook. So I could see if you're going to grandma's or going to your aunt's house, like she would love if you came, maybe prepared with a couple recipes to say can we make these together or um, just can I bring at least you know one or two dishes that I know I can eat so you're not sitting there at the table eating nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: for the most part there are dishes that will be icy friendly as well you know if you take like the turkey and remove the skin most of the seasonings are in the skin uh, you should be perfectly fine with some turkey and um, certain vegetables that are just sauteed in butter. Uh, There are certain things you can have at Thanksgiving. So Mm -hmm. you don't need to go in thinking I can't eat anything. You just have to get educated with the things that you can eat.
0: Yeah. And you could also like make something a little non-traditional. For example, last year, I found this recipe for blueberry sauce. So instead of cranberry sauce, it's just made of blueberries and it is non-traditional, but it was pretty tasty. And I actually gave some to my grandma and my aunt and they were like, yeah, this actually isn't bad. Like, I'm really glad you made something so unique. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. So (laughs) You could find something that is a little different or you could just do some ingredient swaps. I mean, I know Beverly that this is something that you've been working on, just doing more research on ingredient swaps and, and you've helped create the um, the Summer Eats ice Cookbook and the um, Mocktails and Party Snacks E-Cookbook that we just came out with. So you're getting very familiar with I see friendly ingredient swap. So is there anything that off the top of your head you can think of um, besides what you already said that people could do for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever it is? Definitely.
1: So just yesterday I was making a pumpkin pie and I wanted to see what it tasted like if you took all the pumpkin pie spices out. So as you know, pumpkin pie has ginger, cloves, allspice, cinnamon, it's got all these like warming pungent spices that are bladder irritants. So I took those out and I put in some maple syrup, some brown sugar, and this is funny, but I put in dandy blend. Now dandy blend for those of you who don't know is like a coffee substitute and it's made from dandelion root and roasted chicory. And it, it has like a nice coffee flavor. And so that gave the pumpkin pie like a really just rich um, flavor without adding any spices. And I didn't tell anyone in my family, and they all loved it. And my husband's like, What did you do different? It's so good. And mm-hmm. he usually hates like any substitutes that I add to food. And he liked it. So I will be sharing that recipe somewhere on your blog
0: yeah we could put it on the blog for sure there's there's other um recipe ideas on there and then we also I put together last year a um holiday themed recipe collection um that's I think it's seven dollars on my website so if you're looking for I think there's around 30 different recipes that are holiday themed on there that are bladder friendly that's an option um but yeah we'll put that on the blog and then um Any other suggestions?
1: Yeah, like uh, stuffing, right? Stuffing is so good because of those onions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For the most part, everything else in stuffing is bladder friendly. So you could just omit onions, but that kind of gets a little dry. Uh, There is a recipe. I can share this one as well. You use fennel instead of onions. Mm -hmm. And it sort of has the same texture and gives the same moisture. And then you add, um, you could add pears or apples to your stuffing to give it a little bit of sweetness because onions, as you saute them, get a little bit sweet. And that's a really fun, interesting twist on stuffing, an apple-thumbled stuffing. Mm-hmm. So other things, you know, people get caught up in, like, the green bean casserole or other casseroles because they have soup soup mixes. And you can make your own white sauce very easily. Just a little bit of like cornstarch and milk. And that's a great substitute. So these are simple things. Like sometimes our brain gets fixated on, oh, I can't have the green bean casserole because of the soup. It has soup mix. There's an easy way around. Don't have to put the French fried onions on top. You can put like saltines or crackers on top there's easy easy fixes yeah those favorites
0: it might just come down to making it yourself or if you could like you said like make it a family event like cook with whoever you want you know your grandma your aunt whatever um Cooking that together and maybe you guys could talk more about like why you have to substitute a certain ingredient and that can open up the conversation where you can educate them more about your IC. That could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That could be very cool.
1: I mean, holidays, right? They're centered around food and getting together, but in reality, like you just want to create a bond with your family. Mm -hmm. And so making it Less about the dinner or the presents, and more about that bond you have with family members, mm-hmm. and getting together to to help them and teach them a little bit more about your diet that you're on. Um, they might open up with a chronic illness that they have that you don't know about.
0: Right. I always say, you know. Once you start opening up to people in your life about IC, you usually find at least one person right away that you had no idea had it, but it's like, you never would have known if you didn't bring it up. So yeah, that's a really cool thing to bond over. So let's, let's dive into the topic of those, those questions people might get like those conversations about IC or food restrictions. That could come up. And I think that this is a source of stress for a lot of people going into the holidays. Like, oh, my family is so like they really like to drink alcohol around the holidays. And if I don't drink alcohol, they're gonna give me crap for it, or they're gonna think something's wrong with me. And it's I think in our heads, it's just a really big source of stress. And I think the key to this is preparing ahead of time it might sound silly but you know sitting down writing out some questions that you could anticipate your family asking and thinking of ways you could respond to them and I just want to point out you don't owe anyone an explanation for anything so if you're at a place where you're not comfortable sharing anything that's okay there are ways to say that nicely There are also ways to say like, I don't want to talk about this right now. Like we, can we schedule another time to talk about it? I'm really just trying to enjoy family time today. So I think there's ways to say things in a nice and respectful way, but I also think that preparing for that can help you feel more confident, can help decrease stress ahead of time so that would be probably my biggest tip is to to prepare for those questions
1: what do you suggest like preparation wise I know you said writing them down um writing them down I think do you role play with like your friend (laughs) okay
0: you be grandma and I'll you could do that I personally would not it would make me cringe Any type have a role play just makes <laughs> me cringe but I know there's lots of people out there that would be down to do this and I think it could be really cool um with a spouse or your kid whatever um it that's one thing you could do if you want to not have this conversation that day but you know that some one of these people that are going to be at the party or event are going to ask certain questions like you could send them a text and email you could call them you could have a conversation with them beforehand and be like hey just so you know I am going through some stuff with my health um I really just want to enjoy the holidays and would appreciate if you could respect that I don't want to talk about this at the party like does that make sense
1: yeah oh yeah
0: that could be yeah giving no
1: information that you don't really want to give, you know, just, I have issues with my health. um, None of anybody's business, but you may see, you know, that I'm not having a beer with everyone or I'm not eating everything on the table, but these are things I need to do so I can feel good.
0: Yeah. I think it's reflecting on what you're comfortable with, setting boundaries with yourself, respecting those boundaries. And if you need to set boundaries with other people, that can be really helpful as well. I think as people, I think a lot of us with IC are big people pleasers. I am a huge people pleaser. I'm a perfectionist. Like I just want everyone to love me all the time. And this can cause you to want to participate in things so that you don't miss out. And it could cause you to eat the food everyone else is eating, even though there are, you know, triggers in there just to make other people happy or to avoid making other people uncomfortable when really we need to prioritize ourselves, put ourselves first, realize that if you don't want to eat something you shouldn't eat that to make someone else you know not to make someone else comfortable I mean we're the ones that are suffering on a daily basis we're the ones that are always uncomfortable I say this a lot but you have to remember that if you're making someone else uncomfortable for a minute or 30 seconds like that's really not that bad and if they're uncomfortable, that's a reflection on them. I think that that kind of mentality or mindset can be good to move through the holidays with, so that you're not being put in com- uh, uncomfortable situations where you feel peer pressured to eat something, drink something, whatever it may be, have an uncomfortable conversation. So that's those are some of my my biggest tips going into the holidays. I like that you
1: brought up the people-pleasing.
0: My husband and I were just talking about this with the holidays.
1: And I think that's where most of the stress of the holidays comes from is you're trying to make everything perfect. The perfect presence, the perfect tree, the perfect house, the perfect everything clean. And it's just a myth. There's no perfection in life, you know, you could try and try and try. And that one person in your family is going to find the one thing you didn't do perfectly. Mm -hmm. So yes, if there's a way to drop that mindset of perfection, and relax and enjoy the holidays for just connecting with people, you know, just being in that relaxed state where you can have awesome conversations. And Mm -hmm. who cares if there's dust bunnies under your tree or everyone got gift cards because you're just too tired to do the shopping. It doesn't, those things don't matter in the long run. So yes, wrapping your head around, um, just a
0: different mindset
1: during the holidays.
0: Yeah. And remembering that, if your family and friends really love you, which I'm sure they do, they will not want you to do anything that will give you pain or put you into a flare. Like they wouldn't intentionally want you to do that. They might misunderstand what's going on and just not really, they might be confused. So I think if you're comfortable explaining things to them, that could be helpful. Could be the day before, it could be the day of you know, whatever it is that you need, honoring that, respecting the boundaries that you're setting, respecting yourself, and just really trying to have fun and enjoy the events. Even I think prioritizing yourself also means giving yourself permission to go home early or if you have two meals that day if your family is all in town and there's two meals like skip one of them like give yourself permission to take care of your body um i don't know if you've ever heard of the spoon theory but we have a certain amount of spoons for the day and you know you can spend them in whatever way you want um i'm doing a terrible job explaining this if you guys have never heard of the spoon theory google it and i'm sure somebody explained it a lot better but i i think it's a really good um metaphor is that a metaphor i don't even know yeah just something
1: to think about right like you have so many coins in your pocket or spoons or whatever that you can spend and or your glass is only this full and you can only take so many sips out of it and to be gentle with yourself give yourself a lot of grace during mm-hmm. the holidays I wanted to ask you about, so we talked a lot about family and relatives, but what about like holiday work parties or your spouse's work party where you don't know these people at all? So you're in a situation where you don't know people and they're asking you, oh, why aren't you having a drink? Are you pregnant? Are you, you know, they're going to kind of come at you with certain things. What do you recommend in Uh those
0: situations? I love this topic. I think it comes up for a lot of people with IC because alcohol is an irritant. And even if you're one of the lucky ones that can have some alcohol, it's, it's like you don't always want to drink. It there's other consequences of drinking where you can have a hangover the next day. You could just, you know, get really dehydrated or whatever. So it depends what you want to do. If you're someone who is in an elimination diet you can test alcohol and you could find okay white wine's okay red wine's not okay beer's okay vodka's not whatever um you could find out that you are sensitive to wine but you could take it with pre-leaf and that makes it okay so knowing your limits i think is a really good place to start if you're someone who can't tolerate alcohol or you just don't want to drink alcohol. There's a few things that you could do. So you could just order a water. You could order, I don't think they have really any like coconut water or anything, but I mean, you could always bring a coconut water or you could pack, I don't know, blueberry juice, pear juice. That might be a little weird, but you could you do could that. You could make a
1: mocktail from the mocktail. You could make a mocktail.
0: Bring, bring yeah. That with. <laughs> if possible, you could do that. Um, that's not always possible. You could ask the bartender to give you a fancy glass and maybe, um, I was just saying this to someone on our group hall last night, like you could bring a little thing of like food dye and you could just like do one little drop of it and it could make your water look like alcohol. If you want to give the illusion that you are drinking, or just having something in your hand, um, that could be one thing you could do. You could also be honest with people, be like, if they ask you why you're not drinking, you could be like, I have a health issue. You know, I don't like to get into it. Or you could overshare. You could be like, hey, I have this bladder issue. If I drink alcohol, it feels like I'm going to pee fire you could overshare. I sometimes do that. It depends how I feel in the moment. Um, so I think it's also important to realize that some people might be going through their own stuff where maybe they see you're not drinking and then they get insecure and they're like, Oh, do I look like I have a problem? Like they could be projecting onto you. Um, it, it could be it could be a variety of things. And it, it drives me crazy when people will be like, oh, are you pregnant? Or like, no, I think none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It isn't any of anyone's business. So it really depends what what strategy you want to take here.
1: Definitely. And maybe have a game plan with
0: partner or your
1: spouse or whoever you're going to the party with that you have an out. Like if you don't want to stay there, that there's no hard feelings, you know, and you have, you have some sort of out, maybe you drive separately or, um, take an Uber home or something like that, but you have an out to know
0: that you don't have
1: to stay for the whole party.
0: Right. Right. And I, I just thought about You know, I've been with my boyfriend for four years now and we have kind of an understanding of if we're maybe playing drinking games or something and like I lose in a drinking game and I have to drink like a red solo cups worth of beer, like he'll drink it for me. Or (laughs) if you're in a situation where someone buys you a shot and you said, no, thank you, but they bought it for you anyway. Do the old toss it over your shoulder or sneak it to someone else that knows what's going on. I I think there's ways that you can be sneaky if you don't want to talk about it. Yeah.
1: My friend was a a long time ago. She was a um, undercover agent and she would have to go to bars and she would dump the beer bottle out in the sink and fill it with water. And then (gasps) nobody asked her questions all night. She would just sip. Water out
0: of a beer bottle. That's a really good idea. I don't know why I've never thought of that. <laughs> I mean, it might they still taste like beer. <laughs> they don't really serve beer in bottles
1: too much at bars anymore,
0: but. Yeah. Or pour out a white claw and then you still look There like you go. It yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, you're <laughs> drinking a white claw. She's going to get drunk tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could just act like, you know, whatever you want to think <laughs> like. <laughs> So have fun I think, with it. That
1: could be fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the the theme here is have fun. You don't have to share anything you don't want to share. It's none of anyone else's business. And prioritize yourself. I think those are the the major takeaways here. Um if anybody is listening to this and is really stressing about the holidays and just wants more of what we're talking about and more tips and tricks for navigating the holidays or, you know, some opportunities for role play or examples of what you can say to certain questions. I created an entire masterclass on navigating the holidays with IC um, and that is inside of the IC Collective that is our monthly membership that we just launched so um, that's an opportunity to learn more and connect with other IC warriors all around the world and also do a weekly Q&A with me. So um, that is going to be linked in the show notes. But Beverly, is there anything else that we we forgot to talk about or anything that you want to mention going into the holidays?
1: Not holiday related, but um, I'd like to know more about the IC collective. I mean, I've been on the Slack. <laughs> I've been reading... <laughs> I've been reading everyone's questions, which are awesome. And they're getting, you know, almost instant feedback from you on your Q&A days, which is really cool.
0: Yes. Yes. So this will be a twofer. You get the inside scoop and so did the listeners. So I have been in the IC community for about three years now. And I mean, it started out as just a person with IC, but then I came into the professional role and I noticed there's a lot of negativity in the Facebook support groups. There's, there's a fear of like judgment. If you ask a certain question or if you have a certain comment that just doesn't vibe with someone else or they don't agree with, it can get a little bit aggressive at times. And it just doesn't always feel like a safe space. And I wanted to help the people who are leaving these groups. They're not getting the support that they want. They feel that they're getting judged for decisions they're making for themselves on their health journey. So I wanted to create a safe and positive space for people with IC, regardless of their gender, their symptoms, their age, their location. So the IC Collective is a monthly membership for anyone living with IC. And the biggest question that I get is how is this different from other support groups? And I think that's a really good question. And the answer to that is one, we have different channels inside of our messenger app. So we use an app called Slack where you have the ability to join in on different channels or you could think of it as like a subgroup or like a a thread that focuses on one certain topic so we have a channel on hunter's lesions on ic and endometriosis on uh ic and ibs we have one that is for people dealing with frequency or for people that are struggling with pain or men only versus women only maybe you don't want to share intimate personal details with people of the opposite gender and that's okay So there's a space for everyone. So no matter what you're looking for, you can come to a certain channel and get support. So I think that's a really unique thing that I've never seen anywhere else in the IC community. And then we also have a weekly Q&A where people can drop whatever questions they want in our Q&A thread, where I will go through once a week and answer those questions for everyone. Um, I know everyone loves Jill Osborne's live Q and A's each week. I think she does one or two on Facebook, YouTube, whatever. And I think what she's doing is fantastic. It's really, really great. And it helps a lot of people. So I wanted to incorporate a little bit of that so that people who have wanted to work with me, but maybe they didn't have the time to commit. They didn't have the finances to commit to a larger program like Road to Mission. I wanted to still give them access to me maybe on a lesser um, level. So we have that weekly Q&A. And then lastly, like I mentioned before, we have a monthly webinar or masterclass that you have access to. So this month is Navigating the Holidays with IC. December is going to be Managing Flares. January's is going to be supplements for IC. So we're going to go through different topics where you can learn more about IC or a topic related to IC. And classes aren't only going to be taught by me. I'm also going to bring in guest speakers who can talk about whatever they're an expert in. So that is still in the works. Um, We were, you and I were even talking about maybe you doing a guest class. So we can definitely um, talk more about that. But that is all going to be on demand. People can listen on their own time, at their own pace. They can go back. We have an online portal, so they can access it at any time. So there's a lot of connections being made, there's support, and there are learning opportunities. So that in a five-minute explanation is the IC Collective, and it's going to be a month-to-month thing. And I'm offering it for $37 to the first 27 or not 27 sorry. 25 people that join us wow that's that's an amazing price for
1: everything that people are getting and I noticed on there people from all over the world yes IC we selective. have
0: someone that's from very cool we have someone from New Zealand we have someone from Ukraine which is so cool given the state of emergency that they're in right yes, now yes yes Like it's so cool to have a space to connect people from all walks of life.
1: Yeah, and I hope, I haven't seen any men on there yet, but I'm hoping
0: that- We're gonna get get some men in there.
1: Yeah, some different genders in there. And um, it's a great idea. I really like it. I like um, a private place that people feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. There's just so many, yeah, negative people trolling certain groups and all it takes is one negative comment to like totally take your life on a downturn or make you not want to share again
0: yeah so absolutely i completely agree with you before we finish this i just wanted to say i am doing something really epic for black friday so if you are listening and you want to learn more about that just send me a dm on instagram with the phrase Black Friday and I can give you those details before I announce them publicly. So, um that is all I wanted to say. Um Beverly, thank you so much for coming on. I think this is something that has been a long time coming, but I think you're finally um you're you're really blossoming into the IC expert that I'm I'm really proud of you for becoming. So, thanks so much for coming on and talking about the holidays with me. Oh, uh, this was a lot of fun.
1: I was nervous, but um, as you all get to know Callie, she's she's amazing, and she puts everyone at ease. And that's one thing everyone at the group calls always says: like, if there was a dietitian to work with, it would be Callie because uh, she just gives you so much grace and cares
0: so much. Oh my God, so. that's so sweet. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. If you enjoyed this episode specifically, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell me exactly what you enjoyed about the episode. For more content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Kali K Nutrition.